Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in it. I've got my cup of coffee, my Duncan Hazelnut coffee this morning. I'm enjoying a cup. I hope you're enjoying a cup wherever you are listening from. This is a podcast where we celebrate all things freedom in Christ. The Son has set us free, and we can now live from the freedom that we have in Jesus. And we drink some really good coffee, so thank you for joining us today. I wanted to talk today about you know the, an issue I was uh, talking with uh, someone who uh, was counseling with the other day, and uh, it was just basically the kind of the thought came up or the question came up that you know like Matt, I, this struggle just doesn't ever seem to go away. It doesn't ever seem to go away. Uh, this struggle with sin, this struggle with the temptation, this this nagging, these nagging thoughts that keep coming. This this. You know, it just doesn't ever seem to go away. And I want to kind of talk through that a little bit, as, as I was able to talk through that with, with this individual. But but just, right, we can relate to this. I mean, like, I, I lived in this for 20 years, 20 years of believing that I probably wasn't ever going to be free from an addiction with pornography, that I wasn't ever going to be able to experience this this freedom and live in this freedom. Uh, and so, so you know, James and James, it talks about how uh, we all stumble in many ways. But this is talking about Christians. We all stumble. So we all are still dealing with the flesh, the power of sin, the world that's offering up all kinds of options to us. The enemy of our soul is lying to us and accusing us and saying, look what you did, look what you thought, look how you're performing. It's getting us to focus on our performance and what we're doing or not doing. And all of this, you mix all of that up, and then we can say, well, this struggle doesn't ever seem to go away, and then we can even start to have doubts. We can have all kinds of doubts and lying beliefs about, well, God must be through with me. These are some of the ones I, I experienced, at least. God must be done with me. God must be very distant. He must be pretty. He must be pretty ticked off at me because I just can't seem to quite get it together. Uh, maybe I'm not even saved. Okay, we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Maybe I'm not even saved, but but I'm surely doubting God's closeness. I'm surely doubting that He's really liking me a whole lot. Uh, and maybe even doubting forgiveness. And so I've got to go through this constant cycle of I'm acting out, maybe I have, the, I have the, the sinful thought, I act out, and then I maybe confess and repent, and then I, have the, I experience the shame again and again, it's, and I call this the shame cycle, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit too, of how this repeats over in our lives. And, but this idea of this, this struggle with sin, whether it be a particular sin, or not, uh, it doesn't go away. I want to talk about that. So uh, first of all, I would say that uh, the, the big, one of the biggest truths is to realize that, it's, that the sign of a struggle is not a sign that you're not saved or that you're doing anything wrong. It's actually a sign that you are in Christ, because uh, if you were going out and doing these things and it wasn't really any big deal, and you were like, oh, I can't wait to go do that again, uh, then maybe that would be a red flag. But this is not the case. 
even though I thought for a lot of times, oh, well, this was just so easy to do and I was just doing it and it was, seemed like it was what I really wanted. At the end of the day, it wasn't because I was frustrated. I was miserable. I was like, why am I, why do I keep doing this? And so it's this, it's this actually realization that no, I'm in Christ. I don't really want to do this. I've been given the new heart. I am the new creation. And so the presence of a struggle is not a sign that you're doing anything wrong or that um, that you're not doing something right. No, it's actually a sign that you are in Christ. Because if there was no struggle, if you were still pre-salvation in Adam, it really wouldn't even bother you that much. Or it's just an idea of doing a bunch of moral good works. But that person that's in Adam is still in their sin. They're dead in their sin. They're separated from God. And so now that you're in Christ, Christ in you, that is your hope. That is your glory. That is your freedom. And that is where our focus that we're invited to live from. But the doubt comes. We don't maybe feel the presence. We're not acting on the presence. We don't think that God's with us. We think he's distant. But Christ in you is that hope, is that source of living. So, so the sign of a struggle, the sign of the temptation coming just means that we live, we still live in a fallen world. We still live in a broken world. The flesh that's offered up to us, the power of sin, the lies of the enemy, the worldly ways of coping and doing things are still in existence. They're not in us. They're not a part of us. They're not our identity anymore, but they still are influencing us. We talked about a couple of those influences the last time. And I want to mention another one today, which, which, is, which is the lies of, of, of the enemy, which is what those lying beliefs are that we've accepted. The, the enemy is the accuser of our soul. He wants us to focus on the struggle. He wants us to focus on trying to defeat the flesh. He wants us to try to focus on not sinning. He wants us to try to focus on all the religious activities and things that we think we're supposed to do or, or not do. And then when we don't do it or we don't live up to our part of it, then what does he do? He accuses. He lies. See, you're never going to be free of that. See, look at what you, you didn't read your Bible enough this week. See, you didn't pray enough. You haven't gone to church enough lately. You haven't had your quiet time today. So that's why you did this. He's getting you to try to focus on your performance. And the reality is the invitation is we get to, we get, we're invited to focus on Jesus's performance. His performance was perfect on our behalf. And so we have him in us, the fullness of Christ in us right now. Christ in me, Christ in you. His performance accomplished everything. That's the invitation. That's what the renewing of the mind is happening. He accomplished it all. He did it all. And so now we focus on his performance, but the enemy is surely going to still offer that up to us. Oh, well, see, you're still struggling with this. You won't ever be free. It's not going to ever go away. And, and, and the idea that it's not going to go away, this side of heaven, is true. Is true. The temptation, uh, the flesh, the power of sin still are in existence. The worldly ways of coping and getting our needs met apart from Christ are still there. They're still coming at us. But Christ is in us. We don't know the power of being in Christ. We don't know the reality of that. That's what that's what I've been talking a lot about lately, but it's just this freedom of like you're in Christ. Yes, these influencers are coming at you, but do you realize what you have in Jesus in you? It's not 
your faithfulness to him. It's his faithfulness to you. It's not you going out to try to strive to get freedom. It's the freedom that he's already provided. It's not you trying to go out and live a victorious Christian life. No, he is your victory. He is your life. He is your source. And so this is the renewing of the mind. God wants to do this in your life. So you say, what, Matt, Matt, you, I know you've been struggling with this. You feel like it's never going to go away, but I'm in you and you're in me. We're going to walk this journey together. This is not about your performance. But again, remember, we still all stumble in many ways. This is not about denying sin, denying the reality that these temptations are still there. And yeah, they nag us. Yeah, they don't ever, won't, don't ever seem to go away. But I will say this, it's still an opportunity to choose. We get to choose what we're going to focus on. Am I going to focus today on the lying belief? Am I going to focus on the struggle? Am I going to focus on trying not to sin? Or am I going to focus on Christ's performance on my behalf, the finished work of Jesus Christ, Christ in me? I get to set my mind, as Scripture would call it, setting my mind on the Spirit or setting my mind on the flesh. And once I set my mind on the Spirit, I realize nothing separates me. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. I'm the new self. I'm the new heart. I don't really want to sin. I don't really want to do this. And so when that next time that that uh, temptation, that plate of the flesh, that that uh, potpourri of, of the power of sin, the mixture of the lies of the enemy, all those things are coming at me. Wait a minute. Nothing separates me from Christ. There's no condemnation. I'm in Christ. I don't want any of that. I don't need any of that. That's There's nothing about that that's me. There's nothing about that that I truly want, and I can set my mind in that moment on Christ and me, on Christ and me. That's a, that's a choice. That's the renewing of the mind as he makes me aware of it. So the enemy is still going to offer those up. He, his, his, his greatest work is not, he can't touch us. He can't touch us. Uh, you know, he can't touch our spirits, but he can lie to us and he can accuse us. That's where the deception comes. And so this is what much of the work that I do is in the lying beliefs. There are, there are lying beliefs, even no matter how mature a Christian is still in their walk, this side of heaven, there's still some lying beliefs that are there. There's all kinds of lying beliefs. But, but the, one of the biggest ones when it comes to this is, well, if I still struggle, then I must be doing something wrong, or God's holding out on me, or I may not be saved. So here's what I want to say to those of you that that um, would say, well, man, I'm doubting my salvation because, sure, the old man doesn't feel dead, all this. I want you to know if there's ever an, there was ever a time where you opened your heart to, to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus Christ, you open your heart and you say, I trust what Jesus did on the cross and the resurrection. I opened my – and I said, I want, I want that. I want you to come live in me. If there's ever a time, only one time, that by faith that you chose that, then you're in Christ. There's no other hoops you have to jump through. There's no other performance mentality you have to live up to. And God now is going to spend the rest of your life renewing your mind to the truth of what actually happened to you when you made that decision, when you made that living, active faith decision to say, Lord, I'm opening up my life to you opening up my heart to you. I want you to come and forgive me of my sins, but not only that, but to give me new life. 
If you've ever done that, you're in Christ. There's there's no other assurance of salvation that you need. And the sign, again, like I said, of a struggle is not that you're not saved. The sign of a struggle is actually even more, to, more of a realization that you're in Christ because you can see it now. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm in Christ, but there's still these things that are coming at me. That won't go away this side of heaven. The flesh is not going away this side of heaven. But it's not you. You're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. You're in Christ. The power of sin. You've been set free from the power of sin. We read that in Romans 6. I'm going to read, read this verse here in just a minute again. But it's it, you're not in, in sin. You're in Christ. You're in the Spirit. So now we get to focus on His performance. And as we do this, this renews our mind. Our thoughts then are renewed to the truth of who we are. And then what do we do? We, we can now we can respond in a new way because we're responding out of the Spirit in us who's counseling us, who's guiding us, who's teaching us, who's showing us, versus I got to go out there, I'm missing something, I got to figure it out, oh, this sin struggle just won't go away, I must be doing something wrong. Ultimately, the reason why when a sin struggle doesn't go away is because we're, we're focusing so much on trying not to sin or getting rid of it. I just want to get rid of the temptation because if, if the temptation goes away, then I won't have to deal with it anymore. No, it's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment invitation of walking in the Spirit, of this awareness of what we have in Christ. Not your performance. I know when you go to your job, your, base, your work is evaluated on your performance. If you're an athlete and you go perform in sport, you're, it's based on your, I know, you know, your performance. In school, it's, you're based, it's based on your performance. I get all that. But in Christ, it's based on His performance. It's based on His performance. And we now are invited to walk in that, to rest in that, to relax in Jesus and all that he has done. And so this assurance of salvation is not about, well, the sin the, the sin just won't go away, the struggle just won't go away. No, you've been set free from the power of sin. You've been set free from the old man. The old man's dead and gone. You've been given the new heart. You don't want this. Uh, one of the other things I'll mention real quick is also this can cause to doubt if we're even forgiven. Maybe at one point we chose to receive God's forgiveness, but then as we keep with this sin struggle keeps going on, we're like, oh boy, I don't think he's going to forgive that one because I can't get my act together. He's probably going to, I'm going to, man, I'm not going to, I may not be forgiven. No, forgiveness was a one-time deal on the cross. When Jesus says it is finished, the sin issue between God and man was dealt with. It was done. It was finished. And we received this as a gift. All of your sins at that point were in the future. And all of your sins right now, past, present, and even ones you haven't even committed yet, they're all forgiven. Forgiveness is a once, one-time deal. One-time deal. I'm not going to go into to some of the lies about that too, but that, that's something that we can be assured of today. So then you just say, oh, well, Matt, you're just telling me I can go out and do all I want because God's going to... No, because I'm actually saying what you want is not to go out and sin. You don't want it. You've been told that. You've been told that you've got to go out there and do something different because this struggle just won't go away. It's up to you. You got to be more spiritual or be more of something else. Become a better you or whatever. Just name it and claim it and it's going to happen. No, no. The truth is right now is this freedom already exists in you right now. You're fully forgiven. You're fully cleansed. You're fully new. Nothing separates you. Christ is in you now, and you could spend the rest of your life still choosing to go after and stumbling and going after these sinful thoughts, and 
And yet Christ is still in you. He is always going to be there, always going to be there reminding you of who you are. And here's the thing. We say, well, I don't hear from God or I don't, I mean, he's not really, why couldn't he just take this away? He's already taken it away. He hasn't taken away the flesh or the power of sin in the world, okay? Because the world is still is still separated from God. They may not know that, but they are. They're trying to figure life out in their own way apart from God. That hasn't gone away this side of heaven. But in Christ, in, in our spirit, the deepest part, the core of who we are, we're good to go. We're in Him. And we can rest and trust in what He's done. And this forgiveness is complete. This forgiveness is not based on whether you remember all your sins that you committed this last week. No, He remembers them no more. He's forgotten them as far as the East is from the West. You may be remembering them. The enemy may be accusing you of them. Oh, this sin struggle won't go away. Matt, look at what you did a few minutes ago. But Jesus says, I remember them no more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on what you say, Jesus. I'm going to fix my mind on what you've said. And that's going to renew my mind to the truth of what I already have in you, Jesus. And so this forgiveness can be a huge part of it. This assurance and salvation, those are lies of the enemy. Well, you might must not be saved because look at you, you're still struggling. We have to know the source of this. We have to know that the source of these, these struggles are coming not from us. They're coming from the sinful thoughts of the flesh, the power of sin, the, way, the worldly ways of thinking and coping, the enemy of our soul. Okay? Those are our opponents. Our Once we know that, that we're not our own worst enemy, that we're not our opponent, that we're not an enemy of God, we're a friend of God, then we now can engage in this differently. I can see the struggle for what it is. It's not going to go away, but I don't have to focus on trying to win the struggle or get rid of the struggle because I'm in Christ. That's what I'm going to focus on. That's good enough for me. I'm going to rest in that. And then as the temptation comes, I get to make a choice. And here it is. Here's the choice I get to make. Romans 6, 11. I've read this so many times, but this is where I would encourage you to go to this today. So the temptation comes, the sinful thought comes, the lustful thought comes, that temptation of the power of sin comes at you. Here's what you do. Romans 6, 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, or some versions will say dead to the power of sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So here, here you go. I'm dead to that. That, that thought comes, I'm going to count myself dead to that because I already am dead to it. I'm going to count myself dead to that lustful thought, that temptation thought. Uh, that that potpourri of the flesh and the power of sin and the lie. I'm, I'm dead to that. And guess what else? I'm not just dead to that, but I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. There's that word in Christ Jesus again. Because I'm already in Christ Jesus, I'm already dead to it anyway. There's nothing about it I want. There's nothing about it I need. I'm dead to it. You don't need any more fresh understanding or fresh receiving of the Spirit. You got the Spirit in you. You're in Christ now. You got everything you need. And now as he renews our mind to that, we say, you know what? I'm dead to that. I am dead to that. This verse is, was one of the huge verses in my freedom journey. And then here we go. Later on, what else do we do? Okay, we, we want to have something to do. Here it is. Go down to verse 13. Then he says, okay, so here's where it comes in. Do not offer the parts of your body to this power of sin as instruments of the flesh. No, 
But rather, here's the choice. This is You want a choice? Here you go. But rather, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. You're already righteous. You're already holy. His body, Your body is fully acceptable to him. We, we talked about that. But now what do I do? I wake up every day and I offer my body as an instrument of righteousness because it's already righteous. I can't think of a more freeing message, especially in dealing with sexual sin, to say, I'm going to offer my body up to you, Lord. I'm already righteous. I'm already in you. I'm already dead to that. I'm already alive to you. And so now what am I, what is my part? What's my role? By faith, by faith, and trusting what you say about me, I offer my body up to you. Because guess what? My body is already fully acceptable to you. My body's not dirty. My body's not wicked. But it's an instrument. Notice that word instrument. What's an instrument? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a horrible musician, but um, you know, my sister growing up, she played the piano. We had a piano and she was good at it. We had, a, we had an instrument in our home, a piano. But when the piano was just there, nobody sitting down at it, nobody playing it, it didn't make any music. It was an instrument, but it had to be played. Our body is an instrument. Okay, so he uses that illustration there. It's an instrument. It can be used as an instrument if we choose an instrument of the flesh to walk out the deeds of the flesh. Okay, because the power of sin needs an instrument. Power of sin can't just do it on its own. It's gonna. It needs an instrument to live itself out. Or our body, which is already holy and good and acceptable, can be used as an instrument of righteousness. So I wake up tomorrow. I say, you know what? I'm offering this up to you. I'm offering my body up to you, Lord, because guess what? I'm already dead to sin, alive to God. This I know this sin struggle seems like it's never going to go away, and someday it's going to feel like it's worse than ever. But I'm still doesn't change the fact that these things are true, that you're dead to it, you're alive to God, and you get to make a choice. I'm going to offer my body up, my parts of my body, to you as instruments of righteousness. Because I'm already righteous. And I would say the more that we choose to do this, it doesn't mean that those temptations go away necessarily, but I be, as I begin to choose Christ as my source, as I begin to choose Christ as my life, I began to, this, this I guess, knowledge-based truth began to become a living truth. Th- these things that God was renewing my mind to, I, I, was, to, I was now beginning to experience them. What God's word was saying now that I didn't ever th- see, well, I'm not experiencing that. That's not true for me. God was revealing, yes, it is true of you, Matt. Now we, now we can live in this together. We can walk in this together. It's true. I want to end with this. This is kind of the shame cycle that I mentioned earlier. And this is a lot of the reason why we're still doing that. what we're doing is because here's what happens. So the, the sinful thoughts presented to us, maybe there's a triggering event that happens uh, we get cut off in traffic, or we get our, our spouse yells at us, or our kids rebel in some way, or work was really stressful, our boss gets on us, or whatever. So some triggering event. We have this sinful thought then that comes at us, and we have a belief that goes along with it. And then in that moment, we have a choice. What are we going to do with that? Am I going to say I'm dead to that? I'm alive to God? Or if we play around with it, if we let it kind of linger on, and then we choose to act on that sinful thought, then what happens? We have, Shame comes in. Oh, man, I can't believe I did that. Why did I do that? Why did I react this way? Why did I yell at my kids? Why did I respond to my spouse? Why did I go and look at porn? Why did I 
Okay, right? The shame comes in because then the enemy, and then the enemy's coming in. Here's where the lying beliefs come in. Well, that's just who you are. That's just, look at what you did. That's just who you are. It's who you're always going to be. And so then maybe we've been told, well, we got to confess and we got to repent and we got to all this. And I'm not going to get into those things today, but we got, and then, well, well then, then the shame comes again. Well, maybe I didn't confess enough. Maybe I haven't repented because then I go back to it again. And I keep going back to it. And so this shame cycle of some triggering event, which leads to some sinful thought, which if I choose to act on it, then leads to more shame. Then I'm told I got to confess and repent to get back right with God. And then the shame comes again. And this just repeats. And we live in this. We live in this cycle. What is the answer? Number one is to see where the sinful thought's coming from. What's, what's the trigger? The trigger, you don't have to overanalyze this. The trigger's there. In that moment, somebody cuts me off in traffic. I don't have to respond out of the flesh. Sure, I think I want to. I think I want to go up there and, you know, give them a piece of my mind. But no, I don't. I actually don't want to do that. I've been told I want to do that. But the power of sin offers it up. The flesh offers it up. Well, you better go let him know that he cut you off. No, don't. And shame comes in. Oh, man, and then if you go and do it, well, Shane, why did I do that? Why did I go up? Why did I? Anything. All right, so then I got to confess. I got to repent. And then the shame comes in again. All that is just is there. But in the moment, I can go back to Romans 6.11. I'm dead to that. There's nothing. I'm not going to let that have control over me because I'm already controlled and in Christ right now. I'm alive to you, Christ Jesus. And now I'm going to offer up my body as a holy and living sacrifice, I'm going to offer it up to you because I have already been brought from death to life, as Romans 6.13 says, and then I now will get to offer these parts of my body as an instrument of you. As an instrument of you. That cycle doesn't have to continue. It can be, you can walk in this freedom because you already have it. So, to answer this, if if you're struggling with this and you're thinking, well, boy, just because this doesn't ever, the temptation doesn't ever seem to go away, will the struggle ever go away? I will say this, the struggle, the struggle will not go away, but the freedom in Christ is a greater reality for you than the struggle. The being in Christ is the greater truth in you, Christ in you. The nothing that's separating you right now, nothing separating you from God right now is the greater truth. The fact that he's forgiven all of your sins right now, fully, completely forgiven, is the greater truth. And yes, the fact that his performance has accomplished all of this is the greater truth, not your performance, not how well you're doing it. All of those are the greatest, greater truths that you get to spend your time focusing on versus the struggle just won't go away. I, I must be doing something wrong. My performance isn't living. I'm not spiritual enough. All these kind of things. We're invited. We're invited to count ourselves dead to sin. That's a choice we get to make where it's already true, but I get to make a conscious choice. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. I'm in Christ. And the presence of a struggle does not mean that you've lost any of this. It actually shows that it's even more true. The presence of a struggle means even more. It shows even more that you're in Christ if we choose to focus our minds on that. So what if, what if, I'm going to end with this question, what if it wasn't about you trying to focus on the struggle or 
trying to get this all this all this stuff to go away that's not going to go away this side of heaven but instead what would it look like for you instead if you were to count yourself dead to sin and alive to God that you're in this in Christ you you get to now choose to focus on his performance on your behalf what would that look like for you how much rest and peace and knowing that you're fully forgiven knowing that he's not separating himself from you knowing that he's not condemning you what would that change for you in your life? What would that tra- how would that transform your life? How would that break that shame cycle where we live in of just this trigger, this sinful thought, this acting on it, the shame, and then confessing and repenting, and then it just continues on and on and on? What would that change for you? What would that transform for you? Engage the Lord with that because He is renewing your mind to these truths. They are true right now, Christian. They are true. So while the struggle may not go away, the greater truth is Christ in you. Embrace that today. Walk in that today. Know that today. Live in that today. Live from that today. Because he is your life. He is your source. I pray this encourages you. Thank you for listening today. Uh, We would like to invite you to participate in a a fundraiser that we're doing for the podcast over over this next month, this No Shave November. I know you can't see me, but... I am actually going on a no-shave November, and we're looking to uh, get some new uh, uh, sponsors of the show. We already have uh, very a lot of you that are doing this, and so we're grateful for that. We're looking to get 10 new sponsors to the show uh, by the end of this month. We are now being heard in over 30 countries, and we're looking to promote that and get that out even more, this message of freedom in Christ. So, uh, so if you want to... Uh, join along with us. We'd love to have you. That's our goal of at least getting 10 over this next month by November 30th. Uh, There's two ways that you can uh, participate. There's a Patreon account where you can uh, sign up to become a patron. That's a monthly donation. And then also through the Anchor support, through Anchor, where you you listen to this. Uh, If you're listening on Spotify, there's a a link there too that you can go to support this pocket. We We thank you for your consideration. We thank you to those that are already sponsoring us. We could not do this without you. So thank you for listening again. As we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time.